When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's Bud Pod 210. 210. Poo friends. <laughs> We're the poo friends. That's, the, that's, that's this podcast in a nutshell. Yeah, a I, think, I think that's fair. In a butt shell. <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that would be how we would pivot if we we can't get on TV because we we're 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 not rec- sort of old people enough for BBC One. We're not trendy Gen Z enough for the desperate attempts of BBC Three. <laughs> so we're going to have to pivot, Phil, to a sort of CBBS Kids TV angle as Poo Friends. As Poo Friends, mm-hmm. that that would be the name of our, our Kids TV show. And you know what? It would be a, a smash hit. Can you imagine being oh. a child and seeing a show made by adults that was just out and out called Poo Friends? It would You'd blow your head clean off. <laughs> Although, I, I think it would be tougher to be a kid's celebrity than a, a, a real one. How so? Because in the same way that kids' TV presenters, like the tabloids, were constantly after exposing them for stuff. Mm. In a way that they weren't if you were just like an adult entertainer. Um, yeah because it's yeah. like it matters way more to public opinion if like the guy from blue peter is doing blow off someone's bare ass because <laughs> it's like that's who my child likes whereas so if you're saying the, these people are held up to a higher standard mm, but not really by people it's it's the press makes a thing out of it i think and i that would you'd have more intrusion if you were a kid's star and there's that youtube guy mr plumpy or whatever the fuck some youtube clown for kids and he did no. he did a bunch of like edge lord comedy sketches under his real name like 10 years ago and they caused him loads of problems um yeah so it's high standards man yeah it, it's high yeah high stakes and um yeah and there's more money scrutiny more money there's, I think there's money. more money in child nonsense like being a clown on youtube those guys make more money than youtube comedians for sure Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, parents are desperate to have something to just plop in front of their yeah. little toads. And, <laughs> and kids get addicted. Yeah. Kids get obsessed. So, uh, so um, I had lunch with a friend and she'd gone to a friend's house and um, the kid was just watching a, sh- a YouTube show on, on, the I- on an iPad. And my friends asked, what are you watching there? And the kid went, I don't know, YouTube? Whoa. Isn't that gross? Isn't that horrible? That's really gross. I don't like that. <laughs> That's a sentence from the future, isn't it? 
I'm just gonna. What are you my... eating there? I don't know. Slurge. Uh, Nutriblob, you idiot. <laughs> um, let me just adjust this for a second and make a weird noise. There. Um, yeah, just to go like, I don't know, TV. <laughs> but that's what it is for these little fuckers. It's just it, TV. It's, it, well, it's especially weird when you're a kid, you are so keenly... Um, you're so keenly aware of each individual TV show. Yeah, you know? I'm. I want to watch you, Spider-Man. It's seven thirty. Yeah, Spider-Man and Friends. This is Spider-Man, and an adult comes in and asks you, "What's this?" You're so excited, be able to tell them, "This is Fairly Odd Parents. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. a Boogaloo Bumpy. This is <laughs> Plank and Buds or whatever." Because then you 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 you. It's an invite to bring these adults into your exciting world that you want to share yeah and you want them to i don't think i ever said um just watching tv yeah you want them to agree that it's good yes desperately oh how old is this terrifying child (laughs) i'm not sure old enough to speak i suppose Mm, it's worse if that kid's five than if he's 10 yeah a surly 10 year old i can imagine but a surly five-year-old is weird yeah that's upsetting to to weirder Surly at five. <laughs> yeah, um, what what are you jaded from? <laughs> well, I've um I'm not jaded, Pierre, of New York, <laughs> the concrete jungle where I went recently. You can fly there and fly back with different airlines. <laughs> some are good. cheap and some are not. They will all get you there, though. Um, it's up to you whether you <laughs> value more. comfort, comfort, <laughs> comfort. Yes, that's right. I was in New York for about 10 days. The Big um, Apple. The Big Snapple itself. The Big Zapple, Zoo Zork. Uh I, I was a filming. I'm I'm in. I'm briefly in the next series of Life and Beth, Amy Schumer's TV show, which I was in um, some of the first series of. Yeah, playing a medical slash DJ character. That's right, and um, well, maybe the character returns. Who's to say? But I I filmed that in like the first couple of days. I did a. I, I signed up to a, a gig in brooklyn like the night i arrived yeah that you told me you'd done that and that's pretty big boy stuff that's pretty uh i'm gonna walk from the plane onto the stage yeah just just want me just drive me straight there i said got in the taxi i said the stage please (laughs) and he just drove through a building people screaming (laughs) because it's new york he knew what you meant and was willing to do it yes yeah yes um so yeah but it was good it kind of got me into like into the time uh schedule you know you're supposed to do things that you normally do at that time of the day when you travel so if you arrive Mm. at night you should do things you do at night have them have dinner have some drinks if but then and if you're a comedian maybe do a gig then your body's like ah this is nighttime what material did you choose for the for the yankees because it doesn't all work they don't always know what we mean i did 
So I've currently routine now about hating having a king because it feels a lot yes. more oppressive than having a queen. And yes. they love that. They like that. Because the Yanks love our royal family. And they well, love, love to hear about them. They love to hear about it. Yeah. I, I open by saying I'm, I'm currently here. Because oh, I say I hate having a king. So yes, I've come to um, America to escape the tyranny of a king in England. Has that happened before? <laughs> just something just something for the locals. <laughs> but I did get sleepy towards the end of my set, I have to say. And okay. then after that, after I filmed, I just kind of I hung around. I hung out. Oh, I went, Pierre, to Saturday Night Live. Whoa. On Saturday. It, they're not kidding. It films on a Saturday. And it's Night. live? And everyone is alive? Everyone is alive. Not a, it wasn't a single... They didn't cart in a single corpse. What? I know. Usually, <laughs> you go and see a show, there's at least one dead body in there. But At least in the corner. Seven, yeah. That's, they just have so much money in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, they don't have to do writing and undertaking. They can have separate jobs. Wow. And so we, so we went to Rockefeller. I went with my friend, um, my university friend, who you know as well, Pierre Mansour. Shout out to Mansour. Shout out to Mansour, one of the one of the only other Africans I encountered at at university socially. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mansour's doing great in the big shitty. In New York. And <laughs> so we turn up to 30 Rock. 30 Rock. And we're taken into the building and got some escalators. And we, get, we go through some bleep bloop security. And then they put us in this sort of waiting area. Yeah. And this sort of like lobby area where all the, the you know, the audience members are just sitting around this little weird lounge. And, you know, the trays of free drinks. And there's a DJ in the corner just blasting music, trying to get people's energies up, just like ba 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 New York, concrete oh, jungle. Like for you? the for the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like oh. there's, yeah, so it's like a pre it was basically like a pre show club night, but everyone's just sort of sat down sipping Sprite. But this guy's just <laughs> going for it. <laughs> and the guy's Man. good, decent decent music, so loud that I had to go and sit with Mansour in the far corner of the room. Um but eventually we were called and like the, even the even the lady whose job is just to corral people into the seats was a showwoman, you know. Like, hey, y'all, who's ready for Saturday Night Live? And people are like, yeah. And she has jokes. She's got like a little self-defacing de- 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 attitude, but with ultimately with that American confidence. And she's just the lady who takes people to the seat. And she goes... Uh, are you ready for Molly Shannon? People are like, whoa! Molly Shannon's the host for the night, and she was. Uh, she's like gold. She was back in the old days. She was part of this cast of SNL, and she became like a, a successful actor. And who's ready for Jonas Brothers? That's right, Pierre. Jonas Brothers were the whoa. musical guest. Yeah. Phil, did you take off your purity ring and throw it at them? <laughs> I don't think they'd appreciate that because they're good Christian boys, aren't they? Yeah, they throw it back with a sniper-like accuracy <laughs> right back onto your finger. They don't even look. They just grab it without looking and just spin around and <laughs> throw it back onto your... Like a, straight like onto a my sh- dick. Sh- <laughs> like a shuriken. <laughs> yeah. They do it as part of a dance move. People can't even tell it's happened. So discreet. So then we're, co- we're collected when it's our turn to queue up. And we have to turn off our phones and we go up into the audience. And of course, I time our arrival into the stalls at just the right moment that we are sat right on the side. 
so mm. that we're at a weird angle. It's quite hard to see stuff that's going on in the middle. For example, the um, weekend update. But Pierre, crucially, we're perfectly placed to watch Jonas Brothers. Oh, good. That's so good. I'm nice and close. I can see the paws on them brothers' faces. <laughs> you can feel the Holy Spirit coming off them in waves. <laughs> I can smell the incense bouncing <laughs> off the guitar strings. And and so the show starts, and it's, it's, it's very cool. The live band is amazing. They're playing like throughout. They're playing before the show even is even recording that live jazz band with the yeah. saxophone and everything they're really good it's proper like jazz night and then the show starts and and yeah it, it, it so it's, the show floor is a studio and there are just sets just being rolled around non-stop there's like an army of crew just just rolling these flats and these backdrops and props and lights and cameras so many cameras it's logistically it's such an incredible achievement because the room is not big and yet all yeah. these cameras and sets and costumes and yeah, props it doesn't look big no, it's really small, and every single thing you see there is made in that room where they show the monologue. It's yeah. all in that room, um, so it, it's quite extraordinary to watch it all get put together. And it's all done live, so they only have the commercial breaks to, or the, like the pre-recorded sketches to take down a set, move people, change their costumes, and move them to another. So it's like watch, it's like watching a theater show basically, and it's good, it's funny. Jonas Brothers they start singing their song when it comes to them, and I'm just me and Mansu. We just have our hands, faces in our hands, just like this. Just <laughs> <laughs> Mansu at one point goes, "Are they singing about a waffle shop?" And they are. One of the songs is about a waffle shop. What? Uh, it's about a fucking waffle shop. Meet you at the waffle shop. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Uh, and I'm like, God, this is embarrassing for Jonas Brothers. And I look over at the rest of the audience and they're just bobbing their heads. They're snapping their fingers. They're patting their thighs. They're like... That mm, is so in- gross. I could not... And I remembered, oh yeah, we're in America. And I these wanted people- to ask the audience, are they like sort of kind of excited Midwest tourists? Are they all sort of from like, we're here from the Twin Cities. Like they got big raincoats on. They're just so jazzed to be in New York. A, a, a lot of people have been waiting months to come to see the show. They've flown just for it. I, Pierre, actually got I got recognized in the in the pre-show um, audience nightclub. Oh, thing. a girl came over and said, "Are you Phil Wang?" And I said, "Yeah." yeah. And they they just I think they just watched my special, but they, they they'd flown in from Milwaukee just for just to watch SNL. That is insane to me. Yeah. So I think that at that point, if you've put in that much effort, you're going to love it no matter what. You're going to tap along to the waffle song. <laughs> if you must. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool to see Weekend Update, like the, the backdrop fly in and see all the sets change and be up close to those cast members. The most amazing thing was seeing Keenan Thompson. When Keenan Thompson... Oh. He's the, he's the best. He's the he's the spine of he's the backbone of that show. He holds it all together. He's so good in everything, every sketch. He commits to everything. And of course, I grew up with him. I watched him on all that. I watched him on Keenan and Kel. Yeah. And that that was amazing to be in the same room as Keenan Thompson was really cool. That's oh man. What happened to the other guy from Keenan and Kel? Does he still act? 
Well, he made an appearance on one SNL, I think, last year, and people were like, "Yeah, woo!" So I, I think he still is going. But he's, he's around. Just, he's around, drinking orange soda and eating ham. I tried. To <laughs> I tried to do stand up one time about how um, the the unspoken tragedy of Keenan and Kel was Kel's home life. Yeah, yeah, he had a horrible home life. Well, he must he's have quite been, clearly. He's always poor. hungry and thirsty, and uh, yeah, he's at someone else's house. Who's really, yeah, he's from. He's like a really poor background, right? Yeah, and it's like that's, and, he's got to be zany to survive. This guy, and then all these weird Nickelodeon like canned laughter, just howling, laughing at his hunger and his desperation <laughs> for whatever ham Keenan could sweep <laughs> off the shop floor for him, and just all the, and the cheap. Uh. The cheap calories of orange soda. People would. Yeah. People called him a fool. People made fun of him. But it's all he could afford. Cheap <laughs> calories. He Cal- lived in a food desert, and people made fun of him. It's like a character from. It, it's like the laughter is as brutal as if it was like a play from like middle age, middle ages China. Yes. Like a play called like the Foolish Hungry Beggar, or something. <laughs> Or like all oh, these, these some of these plays were like they played as comedy from the time like the fourteen hundreds, fifteen hundreds. But as a modern audience, when you read them, you go, "Fucking hell!" Is the whole joke that this guy just has to clean up the other guy's shit? And you're like, "Yeah, that's the whole joke." Go, <laughs> oh. and the uh, the rest of the joke is that his hand doesn't work. You go, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's like a brutal medieval comedy, Keenan and Kel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is medieval because sort of the fatter one survives. The fatter one, the, <laughs> the, the, the wealthier one's sort of fatter and more full of nutrition. And Yeah, and he resents the kind of crazy begging of the kind of whimsical <laughs> traveling minstrel. You know, he's sort of, he's funny in exchange for like scraps. Yeah. Um, yeah, but still, but then, you know, very... this is why maybe we're not cut out for CBBs. We're putting this level of uh, tone in our kids' shows. <laughs> <laughs> well so were Keenan and Kel and they were very popular yeah you just gotta hide it yeah so yeah seeing Keenan Thompson was super super cool and then we uh, finished the show and then my friend who works on the show who um, who got me in was like met, met us outside was like hey Phil we're going to the after party you're gonna come to the after and I, I've, I'd heard of the SNL after party it's famous from even the 70s it's famous but I did not know muggles like me were allowed to go um the the test the test was they were watching to see if you enjoyed the jonas brothers (laughs) because you didn't they were like okay he can come he can come he's not like the rest of them so they take us to this like like fancy sort of like this fancy venue in downtown manhattan and it's like one one two a.m already because it films until one a.m and we take us up this lift and enter this like big sort of cool bar and all these hot people are there. Someone takes my coat. Whoa. Bung. In a in a in a butler way or in a New York uh, charming thief way? I was robbed. Um no, <laughs> it was in a bustle in a sort of butler way. Yeah. And then we get a couple of drinks and there's amazing views in New York. And then my friend my, my contact friend is like, one we're heading this way and then so i follow him and i so without realizing walk into like a dining area where all the cast are and i'm like i should not be here adam scott was there from parks and rec whoa um 
Sarah Schneider was there. Now, she used to be a head writer of SNL, but I know her from before that. Do you remember College Humor? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I loved her from, when I watched College Humor back in like 2008 when I was at university. And I was like, oh my God, Sarah Schneider. There was a gal from Succession there. There was... And Martin Short was a guest performer on SNL and Martin Short turned up. That's fucking crazy. And I was like... Because he's like a royal figure. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and everyone looks so fantastic. People were dressed like they were going to the Oscars and they were sat down for have like dinner and there were waiters running around like 2 a.m. in the morning. Waiters running around with food and burgers and, and drinks. And I just... I just turned to Manson and I said, we should go. <laughs> really? Yeah, I said, we need to go. The humble the humble reaction. Yeah, I just, I, there were a couple of people there. I thought it'd be really cool to meet them, but they sat down, they're having chats. I don't want to be the guy in a fucking jumper just leaning over. Hi, Bo and Young. I just want to say, as an Asian, <laughs> it's so good. And they'd be like, they snap their fingers and they just get me taken out. I don't want that to happen. So I was just like, Manson, let's wanna, get out of here. You don't want to slap Martin martin's back as he takes a bite of hamburger how you doing marty and be a relief of garrulous and unprofessional yeah fucking asshole um yeah so as i said let's just let's just go and um <laughs> i mean not not in like a sad way i was just like it's a very much a feeling of like i've i've gone to the zoo i've seen the lions yeah but i'm now worried when one of them might pounce on me and eat my leg well i don't need to feed the lions i can happy i don't need to seeing... go up and yeah and lick the lions i don't need to lick the lions also <laughs> also um unless you're being gestured to that area with two empty chairs yeah it's no it's no good to to just be there no exactly, it's not exactly. Good to be no half one was inviting invited. no one was inviting me to sit down yeah, and I felt like I was interrupting someone's dinner, so I ju- I just left. Also, also there were there were a lot of the vast majority of guests there, or the vast majority of people at the party felt like hangers on. Yeah, and I did not want to be a hanger on. You didn't want to be perceived. You'd already yeah. escaped one crowd of muggles, and now you're just in a slightly higher echelon of muggle. Yeah, it was very hard not to look like I'd won a competition to be there, and I didn't want people to treat me like that. So I just, I just got addled. Do you think you could have broken America by by smashing loads and loads of plates out of a waiter's hand, and then when everyone looked in the silence, just screaming, "Watch my Netflix special!" and running out, <laughs> or just doing like a, a routine? Lon Michaels, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so America is really different from the UK, and I just see like really sort of kind of middle yeah. of the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ask him who he is <laughs> and what he does for a living. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was the most amazing. That was like it was that experience that kind of quintessentially American experience. Where you go, the UK can never offer this there's nothing you no. are the the very top people in the uk try to get in america so they can might get involved in something like this yeah this is like it's just another level it's Even. hard enough finding somewhere in london that will serve you food after 11 p.m that's the yeah. first hur- hurdle that's that's the lowest point on the list at this party you there just, is, you can't do it here. There is no... Even if, let's say hypothetically, there was some version of something in the UK which had the money, the same money as... The same money in a 60, 70 million country as a 350 million country. Mm. It would still cost more to do it in the UK 
and eventually get cancelled because in the UK, no one feels that anyone should experience something like that. <laughs> as in the after party, as in the celebration. Yes. Yeah. There's a general These feeling. These guys get it every week. They get this yeah. every week. Every Saturday night, they have the most amazing party I've ever seen. <laughs> there is a general feeling in the UK that things like that are bad. They're bad. You feel guilty for them. They're a waste. They're yeah. offensive. They're, they're offensive. Rubbing it, they're You're... rubbing it in the faces of people who aren't even aware it's going on somehow. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and someone would take it upon themselves to tell everyone, so everyone knew just how angry to be about something they didn't know was going on and had no business knowing anyway. Mm-hmm. But no, there's genu- generally a sort of anti... We did, like... In some ways, it's good because it does mean that you 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 have less tolerance in in many sectors for sort of truly grotesque behavior. Yeah, but it does mean that like if you want something that's you know really nice late at night, yeah, it's <laughs> you're not going to get it. No, even you, a similar already. venue in central London would just charge like ten times the amount because the guy who runs it would be like, uh, oh, I could do you we some chips. To- uh, also, they have to apply for a special, like, fucking permit from the council to stay open yeah. after 10 p.m. that night. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, I'll do some chips, but uh, I'm quite tired. And I. Yeah. Uh, can we not do it next week? I, uh, you know, Barry's, <laughs> Barry's on holiday. And I fucking. Yeah. yeah. It's like how it, um, every single train station in the UK, the second it hits like 4 p.m., all the cafes, any way to buy something inside a train station just shuts. Mm hmm. And all the vending machines are broken. It's the it's the allergy to making money. Whereas the Americans will make money out of anything, and that's a different flaw. But it does mean you can have a nice burger at 1am. No, it doesn't. And New York is just littered with like all-night diners, which are that's just the most magical, <laughs> magic, most magical thing. It's a 24-hour country. Or at least it yeah, seems like well, that city, to us. The city, that, yeah, the, the big cities certainly are. Or even then, in the countryside, films certainly give you the impression that you can go to the Bibli Bunk diner on Highway That's 60, true. whatever, and maybe find something, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'm glad that London is not as romanticized as New York. The, the New Yorkers online are extremely annoying in their insistence that nowhere is as magical. Yeah, that is very annoying. The, and- the bodega stuff is very funny. Every time they tweet about it, there's this... They're just getting dunked on over and over again because bodegas are basically just news agents with cats in. Yeah, bodega is just a corner shop. That's yeah. all it is. And yeah. every there's I have so many like articles and tweets and fucking things about like oh the New York the only city in the world the amazing bodega culture and, oh wow and just <laughs> thousands of replies just going like this is a news agent. <laughs> it's just yeah it's just an off license that sells sandwiches. That's all it is. I mean look, the sandwiches and our news agents are not good. No, 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 not at all. But they are. Yeah, their sandwiches have more meat. They can be proud of that. But the idea oh, that yeah. a corner shop is uniquely New York New Yorkian is not true. I, 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 I've I often say this now, you know, I say I love London. And you know I mean that because there's nothing to be gained from saying you love London. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing to be gained. It's quite it's unique not, in uh, among cities. It's not yeah. like Liverpool or New York or Manchester or any American city, to be honest, where where there's 
there's a gang to be a part of. If you say, yeah, I love LA or Austin, Texas, yeehaw, or New York tough, or Liverpool Beatles, or Manchester Oasis. London doesn't have that. No, there's no, no there's nothing you can say about London that even London Londoners are embarrassed about being from London. Yeah. So you know I mean it when I say I love London because I am not buying entry into any fun gang by saying that I love London. It's like if anything, saying I love... I'm just pissing off other people I didn't need to. <laughs> You're pissing off people who also live in London mainly. <laughs> it's like saying I love Birmingham. <laughs> right, yeah. You'll get no prizes for saying it. Although if you say I love Birmingham, you'll at least get some sort of countercultural like regional development prize from people who are so minded. They'll go, Good for you. It'll seem you a do bit get healthy. I think I think they do get some cheers from other Birminghamians, Brummies, mm. but but the cheer is very much like they they were in the middle of crying and they they hear a celebrity from Birmingham go, I'm from Birmingham and they stop their crying to go <laughs> Hey, you know what? Yeah. That's that's as good as they get, but it's still it's still more yeah. than London. Yeah, it's, they're not they're not uh, they're not cheering even more having been cheering and laughing up till that point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean man. London, I guess what we have in London is like the most we have is North London, South London. Yeah. But even that's not civic pride, it's just a, a, a means people have invented to get angry at other Londoners despite being Londoners themselves. Yeah. Do you prefer hills or houses with no more than two stories? <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Um, um, yeah. Well, shall we do some correspondence? The other day I was at the gym And I forgot I had a different appointment with my personal trainer So I tried to exercise on my own It was embarrassing Because I forgot to put the little things at the end of the weights And I did a squat and I kind of tipped the weights And they almost fell off And people had to rush and help me It was like I was exercising without my daddy there And I was humiliated in front of the muscly men I felt a type of masculine shame. Oh, and I had to thank them and look like an idiot, even though the weight was pretty heavy. Oh, what a sad day at the gym. I tried to use the shame to lift even more weight, and now I've had my bum. Oh, oh, another day at the gym for me. Yes, yes, let's read some letters. Letters that make up words. Let's read letters, vowels, consonants, and spaces. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess you're always reading letters. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Um, Kyra says hello from Australia. Kyra, 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 Kyra. I was doing the accent oh. from the off. No, good day, Kyra. Uh, Kyra says some very lovely things about the podcast. Listening retrospectively, uh, I particularly enjoy Phil's early resistance to the poopery wankery. 
um, and his yeah. insistence that podcasts should not do live shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, bit also, by bit, this podcast has yeah. worn me down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. all but, my on all my values, all your hardest tales. You know, you were so pro murder initially, <laughs> um, anti nuclear power. Yes, yes. I also randomly think of Pierre getting angry at restaurant growers treating his hypothetical lisping son badly on a weekly basis. <laughs> that is an incredible, yeah, an incredible uh, thing to get angry about. Lying in bed, imagining someone being rude to a fictional son. <laughs> and getting angry enough to not fall asleep over it. Because cause I'm fucking insane. Ugh. Uh, Kyra says, one night I drifted off to your soothing tones long before the sleep timer. I was jolted from that blissful sleep uh, by Phil repeatedly yelling, I fucked a dog. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, like a psychotic alarm. It wasn't until a few days later I went back and re-listened to get some context. I'm not sure it made it any less disturbing. No. Um, and then some lovely praise redacted of both of our stand-up. Thanks for the great pod, Koji from Australia. Thank you, Kyra. Thanks, Kyra. <clears throat> Um, and condolences to Claire, who couldn't come see us in Cambridge due to transport issues. Ah, uh, yes. Um, Sorry you can make it. Apologies. And then, a message from Ben. Ben. Ben speaks to the man. Ben does speak to the man. Ben... Says, dear Phil and Pierre, trad, ishinal. Yeah, you got, you got to reset from time to time. Thank you for the lovely podcast. It's our pleasure. You're welcome. I feel that it is a natural home for this strange tale of mysterious poo activity from my student years nearly three decades past. This is quite common, the, the, a, a tale from student years. Mm, but three decades, that's a prime, that's a hell of a vintage. <laughs> yeah, well, it really have mellowed, yeah. mellowed out by now. We're, we're like characters in some sort of thriller or short story where we get told this old repressed story just because we seem like the right people to hear it. Yeah, yeah. We have welcoming faces, understanding yeah. faces. Um, in the latter half of 1995, I was a second year student in Edinburgh. Good town, good uni, good city. Good times. Good times. 1995 a, Edinburgh. That's, that's, that's Irvin Welsh. Times. Yeah. That's train, that's train spotting, spotting Edinburgh, baby. baby. That's filth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the, it's a poopy story, so we'll see. Ah. Sharing a flat on Leith Walk with two others. Let's call them... Bave and Alallan. Bave and Alallan? Yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm no codebreaker, Phil, but I think I can guess their real names. It's Ben and Andy. <laughs> so, well, it's Ben and Bave and Alallan. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Bave and I were friends from our small Scottish hometown. I was a teenage dafty, aiming <laughs> for a sad and intelligent persona. Bave was a teenage dafty, an aspiring drug wizard. Drug wizard? Yeah, those are two good personas for 90s Edinburgh Uni. Aspiring. Aspiring makes it sound like he got up early every morning and put up like a shirt and tie and went off to find drugs some, in the city. Some drugs. While Alan liked to sit with a can and watch the football and would appreciate it if you Daphne's wouldn't mind being a wee bit quieter. <laughs> 
The best thing about our flat was the, and he's capitalised this, girls upstairs. And this literally sounds like an urban Welsh book. This sounds like the gang in Trainspotting. Yeah, or like a kind of, um, the kind of sitcom that people say wouldn't get made anymore. <laughs> Just a bunch of wee gays being dafties and some hot girls upstairs. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking um, uh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, men behaving badly. Um, blah, 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 blah. The girls upstairs. The girls upstairs were our top floor neighbours. Two flame-haired sisters from the Shetland Isles. Wow. And an exciting party girl hairdresser who wasn't even a student. Oh, wow. Imagine. What a lot. They were in the habit of unexpectedly visiting our premises, which was phenomenally exciting, but mortifying. <laughs> to me, at least, because of the situation in our toilet. <laughs> The situation in the toilet was repellent, and I did not wish to repel the girls upstairs. No. Yeah. Although, mm, girls should have a little more understanding for men's toilets. That's us trying, all right? That's <laughs> us doing our best, okay? Well, it, maybe, maybe, maybe not. So, it was repellent by way of poo streaks in the toilet bowl. Hmm. Okay, was, that's bad. Yeah. I was not raised to abide a streak of poo. No. I like that sentence. And then the, the, the thing is, if people do abide streaks of poo, then they don't wipe, then they're okay with it staying there. And it befalls, it befalls to you, is that how it's phrased, to clean it up because you're the one affected by it. You're the one saying this isn't good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and uh, we'll betide any, a young man who asks a fellow young man to do cleaning. Can you yeah, imagine? It's only possible through through threats of sort of humiliation and violence. Yeah, yeah. You could do it through bents and pranks, but not through just a kind request. No, you can't just say, sorry, can you just... Sorry, babe, can you just... Sort this we out. We girls coming over. Can you just wipe your shit stains off the, of the toilet bowl? <laughs> oh, I was thinking this the other day. Why have we chosen white for our toilets? Why didn't we just make it brown? <laughs> Because then it would get cleaned even less. Oh, I see. I think it's white as a, in the same way that like the gloves of ceremonial soldiers are white, because it's to show you how disciplined and clean they are and their weapons are. Right. <laughs> it's sort of like you're saying to the world, the amount of maintenance necessary to maintain this marks me out as an exceptional individual. Yeah, that makes sense. Pride, Philip. Pride. <laughs> it's me pointing at your toilet. Pride, boy. <laughs> Um, it was repellent by way of poo streaks in the toilet bowl. I was not raised to abide a streak of poo and would clean them away. But this was not an occasional occurrence. The streaks multiplied faster than I could remove them. Our toilet bowl was being painted constantly, like that great railway bridge that was but a few miles from where I sat. Oh. The fourth bridge. You're, you have to, it takes so long to paint that once you're done, you have to start repainting where you began. I always thought they said that about the Golden Gate Bridge in San they Francisco. They say every bridge. They're always saying it about bridges. They, always, they do say that about every bridge. It's the same way people send us the fucking poo in a bag stuck in between two windows story every month or so. Right. It's the and same. It, it's the same. So, when I demanded of my flatmates, what's going on with their shitey streaks in the bog? Bave burst out laughing as Alalan asked, what shitey streaks? The monkey shitey streaks that are all... Uh, for, apologies for the accent, Scottish listeners, but it's written in, in a kind of Irvin Welsh vernacular here. So I've, if I don't do the accent, it must, makes me seem insane. 
<laughs> the manky shitey streaks are all over the bog every day. Sure you've noticed. It's like armored shanks in limited edition zebra print. <laughs> I said brilliantly. <laughs> well, it's no me, said Al Allen, grabbing attendance from the fridge and turning on the TV. Mind, I said I was watching the match tonight, if you wouldn't mind keeping it down. All right, sunshine, you're off the hook, I said, focusing on Bave. Account for yourself, man. I love that. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is very Irvin Welsh. I like this. Ah, it was me, said Bave, lighting the roly pinched between his grinning lips. Can't yeah. believe you're bringing it up. He's the be- he's the Begbie. He's the Begbie of the game. He's the Begbie. Yeah, he's he's all confident and and snarky. Dangerous. Mm. It's not just that it's fucking Mingmong, David, which is like uh, manky or minging. Mingmong. Yeah. Wow. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Wow. <laughs> Mingmong. I've never heard Mingmong. Yeah, he he says NB Mingmong was our variant of the word minging. Oh, fair enough. No, he's not saying like in a, in a Ricky Gervais way. You know, no, I didn't. I I just I thought you were saying it was a Scots thing, but I never heard it. Oh, I but don't it's know. just their in joke. Could be either way. It's not just that it's fucking Ming Mong Bavid. It's because I need to know why. Why the streaks? God damn it! It doesn't need to be like this. That's a funny thing to say about turd streaks. <laughs> just sit in the centre of the toilet seat, right down the middle. It's an easy target. No worries. No streaks. Straight into the water. Plops a good one. No, 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 Bave replied, wagging a finger. Wagging a finger. Plop is not a good one. Plop is a wet bum. Plop is a cold bum. Plop is piss water on the ball sack. Choose life. Choose. (laughs) I was about to say. say. Choose a good one. Choose a wet bum. Choose a cold bum. Choose piss water on your ball sack. But listen to this, Phil. And Bave continued, and that is why I swing my shit. Swing. Oh, my Lord. Bave went on to explain the swing and pinch technique that he had developed to avoid splashing his bum when dropping his muck into the porcelain. Like one trapeze artist releasing another. Hup, ho! Whoa! Yeah. Squeet. He illustrated this by recreating the movement he employed to set his pendulous excretions in motion, like a sedentary version of the twist. (sighs) As my astonishment subsided, I began to see the funny side, and so did everyone I subsequently told about the foul shit-swinging bastard. (laughs) Yes, shit-swinging bastard. Yeah. That sounds like a real shit-swinging bastard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I would I, if I heard a Scottish person say that to another one I wouldn't even assume it was grounded in reality I'd just be like man they're good at swearing <laughs> um, I subsequently told and it's, it also amused everyone I subsequently told about the foul shit swinging bastard including the girls upstairs and all of our mutual friends and now you pod buds um, Bave will now be around 46 or 47 years old Last I heard, he was living in a hippie commune in the Canary Islands, Whoa. possibly to escape his reputation and nicknames that included Shitswinger, Shaken Leavings, and Crapson Pulick. Crapson? Oh, Jackson Pollock. Yeah. Ah, Shaken Leavings good. is very good. Shaken Stevens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shaken yeah. Leavings. Keep on wow. swinging it, Ben, from Sydney, Australia. 
Thanks, Ben. Oh, Ben's in Sydney now. Yeah, he's he's Scott in Sydney. He's gone to the land down under where the toilets sparkle and there's no bum chanda. And the shit swings in the opposite direction, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, and you have to face the wall on the toilet. Um, uh, thank, thank thanks you, for the ben. email, Ben. Oh, the subject line's funny. The shit and the pendle bum. Very good. Pit and the pendulum even rhymes. Very good. Oh, pit. I don't know what the pit and the pendulum is. What's the pit that? and the pendulum. It's a, a Edgar Allan Poe horror story. Oh, I've not heard of that. Well, you better find it and spook yourself with it. Um, I'm gonna get spooking, spooking with poetry. I, Scary I, I under- stanzas. Yeah, I understand the guy's justification, but he still should clean up after himself. He was he was just just distracting you with his. Uh, yeah, acrobatics. yeah. I mean, the the cost of a of a, a clean, dry bum and ball sack is you have to clean the toilet bowl. It's like the cost of a civilized society, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've all um, got to pay in, pay our dues. How forcefully was he... Well, I don't know, it depends on the height of the water, doesn't it? Is it in America or Germany where the water is, like, right below you? I think in America the water seems yeah. to be pretty high up. It's yeah. very high. Yeah, it's kind of scary. It's they too really, high. They really want it to be like you're trying to interrogate your own nuts. <laughs> Where are they? <laughs> Where's all the spunk? Where is it? <laughs> Where did you hide it? <laughs> Just a normal poo. Um, and a quick one from Mark with a C. Mark with a C. Talk to me. That's amazing because he's messaging us from Italy. <laughs> wow, there you go. Or he's it's messaging me, us about Mark. Italy, rather. Talk okay. to me, Marco with a Mark with a C. Marco with a C. Um, this one, he got, he's gone formal. Hi, Pierre Novelli and Philip Wang. Yeah, formal. Quite frightening. <laughs> I feel like I'm in trouble. Yeah. Um, Mark says, I think we absolutely need a targeted ads whisperer to go with Tat Whisperer based on this week's episode. This is based on the one... Where we talked about the horse. The, yeah, great. Is this a target to dad? Criminal baby. Yeah. So he says, anyway, my main reason for this email is that my friend teaches in an international school in Italy and everything's in English. Um, but the pupils are from all over the world. He has texted me to ask for some advice as he has to teach an English literature student 16 to 18, a non-literary body of work by someone working in English. So he thought of comedy and his, the parameters were... Ideally not a middle-aged white guy, and it should cover modern issues like race, gender, politics, etc. I drew up a short list for him, and we have agreed upon you guys, e.g. Phil's Netflix special and book, as he's got a lot of mixed heritage students, and we thought it would be perfect. And I'm also throwing in some examples of your political discussions from the podcast. Physicians do not recommend. (laughs) So just what you've always wanted, a load of Italian teenagers being forced to become fans. Praise (laughs) you, Mark. Oh, fantastic. They can they can be entertained by stories about a poo and a wee. A poo oh, and a wee. That's that what an honor. Thank you so much, Mark, for introducing like us to Italian Italian teens. To my to my paisani, my fellow Italians. Is that right, plural? is paisan like friend? 
it's it's paisan or or paisana it's like fellow countrymen mm -hmm. or i think it might literally just be like peasant like ah. anyway um, blah, 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 blah. I think there should be a vowel at the end. It's just the Sopranos doing the thing where their dialect the removes thing. the vowel. The Sopranos did the thing. Have you seen that the, clip? The Sopranos. What clip is that? Seen, um, Ariana DeBose at the Brits. She did a very weird rap about the various people at the Brits. And the that bit sounds that horrible. Went, the bit that is, yeah, it's ghastly. You know, it'd be like, um, I don't know. Timothy Chalamet's in the movie and the blah blah boo to be. And I think, sorry, it was about women. So it was about, I think it was about the ladies nominated. So like, Michelle, you're now, she's the queen. And then, but the line that went um, viral was a singing about, um, ah, this is going to be, um, this is going to annoy people who are screwing the name now. I can never remember the, Angela Bassett. So the, the actor Angela Bassett, um, who was in Black Panther, Ariana DeBose goes, Angela Bass, no, Angela Bassett did the thing, and <laughs> but not specifying what the thing is, and yeah, so that's the, the become thing. viral now. Right. Um. So people are sometimes going, "Look at me, I did the thing," or, but okay. but but she says Angela Bassett in a very strange way. She goes, "Angela Bassett did the thing." Angela Bassett did the thing. Like that. It's quite a mesmerizing voice. bit of footage. I do recommend it. It sounds. Angela hideous. Bassett did the thing. Well, Phil, now it's time to go to the true VIP after party of the bonus pod. Oh, okay, great. Um, um, yes, so see you. Thank you very much for the guys. There. Yeah. And um, until next week. Oh, please remember, I'm on tour. I'm on tour. Go to Philwanda.co.uk. Yes, Wang's on tour. And I'm going for the first time to Dublin and Belfast um, on the island of Ireland. So if you're in there, please yeah. come. And please come if you're in the UK. Bye. Bye.